Welcome to the Really Good Intentions Podcast. I'm Jeff Davidson, and I'm joined by my daughter and co-host, Brooke Davidson. So get ready for authentic conversations where we explore meaningful topics like goal setting, navigating relationships, and overcoming challenges. Join us for personal stories, thought-provoking decisions, discussions, decisions, and hopefully some laughter in my mistakes. Yeah, of course. So let's dive in to Really Good Intentions. Let's do it. 25 minutes. Here we go. Episode two. So, you know, we did last episode, our first episode. Yay. And I was thinking that, uh, you know, we're really appreciative of everybody's comments and things like that. And everyone that listened. I know. Yay. We actually were an international podcast now. Woo-woo. We have some friends in Northern Ireland in the UK. Shout out to you guys. We love you. We love you very, very much. And so, but we thought about, you know what, we really didn't talk about why we chose to do this podcast. And so I thought maybe you'd like to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. And what it means. So our name is Really Good Intentions. And the whole thing kind of started. So funny enough, like, I know we're on a podcast, but we actually have conversations like this all the time. And like, we always have, we're very, very similar people. So um, we've always had these conversations in the car. And one day we were like, oh my gosh, we should do a podcast. Like, this would be so fun for us to do. Um, that day was like two years ago. And we had the idea and we did practice ones and uh, we finally got around to it. So our little like who, what, where, why, when is we are like who? We are like a father-daughter duo um, podcast. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And what we're doing is we really believe that people at the root, most people have really good intentions in doing things um, and their actions, but it doesn't always come across that way. So we kind of wanted to take on that challenge of talking about some of the big topics and some of the situations in life and just give our perspective and advice and just have some fun, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think we think that uh, most people do, like, have good intentions. Yeah. Uh, sometimes people, like, look on the negative things. That's really not who we are. No, we're, like, optimists. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Probably eternal op- yeah. optimists, you know, in some ways. But uh, and then the other cool thing, if you happen to see our cover photo, uh, just a real quick story about that, that it's just kind of really funny that uh, I had a friend of mine uh, several years ago, we tried to do a podcast called Two Honest Dads. And so I used a really cool website called Fiverr. If you've never used it, it's really fun that uh, you can kind of share your idea how you want to do something. And uh, so my friend's a graphic designer, but I wanted to surprise him and have somebody else make a, a logo for us for it. So they made like pictures of our faces and they kind of looked really pretty realistic. So yeah, I it was said, cool. so I said for Christmas, I wanted to do that for Brooke and I. So we took a picture and I sent it in and I got this done and it came back and, um, Brooke looked really good. Like Brooke looked great. <laughs> he made me look like I was like ripped you and were like just Chuck Norris in prime. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm not sure what the most, I mean, you and I know who Chuck Norris, is, but I don't know who the equivalent else that would be, but just like, I mean, this guy was so ripped. And the funny part was that the same guy who made my one from like, he just did my face last yeah. time. It was funny. And so I had to write him back and say, listen, I am super flattered, super flattered that you think I look that buff and ripped. But uh, I said, maybe you could just make me look a little bit more realistic. Because we're all about really good intentions here. We are. His intentions were great. Really good. And I was very thankful for it. And maybe (laughs) someday I'll become that guy. And we'll hey, can you send us that original one real quick? Oh, I have it. Oh, oh we, don't, we, we don't have to have it sent. I have it. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that uh, we were being 
very realistic. So, so if you happen to look at it and say, uh, Jeff still looks pretty ripped in that, I'm working towards it. Yeah. I'm working towards it. Bam. You know, so, but, uh, but yeah, so that's kind of, um, you know, one of our things. So we kind of want to talk about today. Today was actually a snow day. It was, it was like an ice day. Yeah. Ice day. And so we were talking about how like we live in, uh, the Northeast, uh, Northeast Ohio. And, uh, so when we get like, when we get a day off of school, when I say we, when you get a day off of school, um, we, uh, we typically are not in like in danger or we're not in some kind of like, you know, like if, like if you get a day off in the South, it's probably hurricane some like or- hurricane or tornado or, you know, something like that. But, um, uh, but we have snow days and we've made kind of made the most of our snow days over the years. Oh yeah. Um, one year we made the largest snowman known to man. Frosty was rolling in his grave. Yeah. We actually, um, not grave. He was rolling in his <laughs> no. Rolling in his grave. I don't know. It's just a phrase. I think his grave would be called spring, but that's another thing. But uh, but we actually made a snowman that was eleven feet tall. We had to use a like a big like a pallet of wood thing to get the not the head on the second layer. Yeah, that's how big it was. Everyone we, thinks the head is the hardest thing to put on a snowman. No. It's not. It's level two. It's the middle. It's the middle. It's the hardest because you can roll the bottom one, but the second one, we actually, my dad gave me, uh, like car ramps, and we used car ramps. Oh yeah, it was a car ramp with plywood, and it took probably like five of us. Mm-hmm. Some of our neighbors did yeah, it with us. It our friend Marissa. Marissa was here and uh, it was no joke it was serious and then we got that up top and then we put a, a, like we put like the biggest pot we had in our house yeah it was yeah. crazy it's awesome um probably on our instagram we'll put a picture we'll put a picture of that so you can see how big it was because it's kind of like people think it's like like uh cgi and it's not no we stood next to it and it's i real. am an ant it's real and so um so we were thinking about things that are unexpected and so today was a gift uh, that was. was given to us that to be able to have a day off. Every day is a gift. Boom. Inspirational. But oh, there's your boom line. Can I say, oh, yeah. You guys got to tell us how many times I said boom. Because after last episode, I thought about it and I was like, I think I said boom like every other word. Which yeah. is funny because I don't do that in normal life. So you I don't. think I'm just like freaked out. It's <laughs> it's really funny. I've never heard her say the word boom. I said it like 27,000 times. Yeah. So we would like someone to go back in if you happen to listen to it. If you can give us the exact number. We'll fact check you and give you a prize. Yeah. Yeah. We will send you, maybe we'll send you one of our mugs. Yeah, we the will. Really good intentions mugs. We have, we have mugs. three of them. <gasps> we only need We two. have three of them. Yes. Yeah. So we will give out a the really good intentions merch. mug. It's really, really nice. Brooke actually got these for me. So, so is that okay <laughs> Sorry, if I, is it okay if I re-gift yes. one of these to somebody who would find that number up? Yes. What's your opinion on re-gifting? Um, Just by the way. Wow. That's a really good question. Um, I think the interesting part is like, especially when mom and I got married like 25 years ago, like we had like a, we had a registry, but people still didn't like, they just do what they want. So you could get like three of something. Like I mean, everyone needs three toasters, but. Yeah. And so, so I think the thing is, is that if you re-gift something in, in that respect, cause back then like you didn't like. We did. I don't remember back back then. Back in my day. <laughs> back in my day. Back in the old ancient year of 1998. Dinosaurs roamed. Yeah. Um, yeah. We regifted some things, but uh, overall, 
Um, I think it's like thrift, not, not not like thrifting, but I think if I don't get the best use out of it, I want to be able to regift it to someone that. Yeah, will, I know? didn't grow up regifting very often, so my mom was a pretty awesome gift giver. Yeah, and so so I didn't really have to do that very much. Anyway. But um, anyways, so we were talking about things that were unexpected, and um, thoughts I, on that. I like. I mean, I love snow days. I mean, at, like every other American kid ever, but I. I think something it makes me think about is like, I mean, un- unexpected rest is really, really good. Like, I think I've watched a lot of documentaries recently about how, like, in America, we live in such a fast going society and that, like, not even if you, like, want to rest, but, like, th- just taking a day to just to be at home and to and to read a book and to just be with your family or just relax and, and take a break from the hustle and bustle of life, like, doing that on any other day. It, it like is deems you like unproductive, but I really don't think that's the case. I think you need to be well and rested in order to be productive and live a good life. But I think something I've learned about unexpected thing is like you hear a lot in life about like the best things in life and are, are unexpected. And I fully believe that because expectations are a big thing. But um, I think a lot of time we spend our time planning at our schedule so that we don't leave any margin or room for things to be unexpected. And I think something I'm learning about is maybe taking part of that time instead of jam packing my schedule so I don't have any time to think or breathe or rest because I feel like I have to, instead of doing that, taking time to to work on my attitude and and my mindset and and really dig into like what God wants for me and such that it leaves room for things to be unexpected. So when things go unexpected bad, you have the right mindset about it and, you, and you've prepared for that. But then when things are good, it's like a learn or laugh situation. You're either learning from it or you're having a good time. So no, that's good. I was thinking about um, uh, it's been over a decade now, which is hard to believe that uh, that we were planning a trip. I was a youth pastor for a long, long time and always planned out mission trips really far in advance. And uh, I was working with somebody in Croatia. We were going to plan on taking 30 people there and uh, talked for about six months. And it was right before Thanksgiving. And I was talking with the missionary and he says, hey, you know, how many people are you bringing again? I said, it's going to be about 30. He goes, there's no way I can handle 30 people. He goes, I'm going to have to split you up between Croatia and Ukraine. And this is back in uh, 2011, planning for our 2012 trips. And, and you guys I were just about to release it, right? Like where you guys. Oh going. yeah, 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 yeah. We always do it at our Christmas party, and I was like freaking out because I was like, "Oh man, I had one trip already set, but now I took all Thanksgiving break trying to look for another trip." And uh, God opened up this incredible door. I found this website. Um, it was an organization called Europe's Children, and they had a place in Northern Ireland uh, that was just west of Belfast. And it was the first new church in a hundred years. And it was just everything that I wanted it to be long story short. And that is that we connected with them. It happened really, really fast. Um, the pastor and I hit it off real fast. Our families long-term have become just amazing friends. Like my, like our family. It's turned into being, I would say is that a question I really felt I was given this past year is like, what's the greatest gift you've received that you didn't realize that you needed hands down for me, it's been Northern Ireland. And so, so it's been, uh, not only Antrim, but it's been Armagh, it's been down Patrick. 
uh, all the wonderful people that we've met uh, from those places and which even from other countries that have come from there as well. Uh, but it was so unexpected, but has become the greatest gift. And now we actually have like several friends that, uh, that went on teams with us that now live there, which is just in- incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So, That's so, exciting. so, you know, so sometimes those unexpected things happen. Is there anything else you want to talk about that? About oh, unexpected? Um, I think that question, my most unexpected gifts that like I'm so grateful for has been actually going to public school. I, I went to a small Christian school up through eighth grade and then, which I absolutely loved and like wouldn't have changed for the world. Like great, greatest experience. But then going to public school, I was really nervous about it. And like, I almost didn't want to just cause change is hard. We're human and no one really loves change. Yep. Um, and going there, it was hard at first. And then like now I'm so grateful for the people that I've met and the things that I've learned and the opportunities I've had, especially for, um, one of the classes I tried to drop, drop, which was multimedia journalism. And that led me into the whole like film realm and, and that, and like, that's what I want to do with my life now, yeah. you know? And like to think that I, I tried dropping the class and, and that that's a whole story we'll have to talk about sometime, but exactly. shout out to Bomber Media, but yeah, I, there you go. I love that. I'm so grateful for that class and all that taught me. And then my best friend, Abby, who we rekindled our, rela- like when we moved, uh, we lost contact just cause I was, we were little, but then just one day they invited us to Kennywood and I was I remember thinking, oh my gosh, she's going to hate me. I don't know why. But like, I was convinced. I was like, she's not going to want to talk to me. And then we, I think we've talked every day since that day. And I think I was 11. Yeah. And I'm 17 now. So like, we literally talk all the time. And I'm so grateful for her. So shout out to you, Abby. Yeah. And so, uh, so, so just thinking through a couple of things can be helpful when you face the unexpected, like what to do. Um, I would say, first of all, realize that the, un- uh, the unexpected is part of life. Like it's, it's going to happen every year. Something always comes up. Um, there's a song that's got by name. His name's Matt Kearney. It says like, you're just one phone call from your knees. Like you literally don't know. I've mm-hmm. had several times where one phone call has changed the trajectory of a lot of things. And yeah. uh, this is so much that we could talk about at this. I mean, we could, I could literally talk for hours on this topic alone about the unexpected. Yeah. But uh, realizing unexpected is part of life. Second of all, your attitude is crucial to handle the unexpected. Like if yeah. you can go into mm-hmm. it knowing that uh, the unexpected things are going to happen in your life, um, you can, um, if you have the right attitude towards it, like you'll be able to handle it. Mindset is everything. Uh, another thing I would think about this is pray first and not last. Mm. That uh, mm. um, I know faith is a super important part of our lives. And uh, and it's really easy to Google something first, talk to 10 people first, all those kind of things. But I would say that when you ha- when you face the unexpected, I would go to the Lord first, pray first. Another thing this is uh, take small steps. Uh, when you're going through it, sometimes it can be overwhelming and uh, I always give that illustration kind of like, you know, you have like four walls to a house. And sometimes like when all the walls begin to fall and then the roof begins to fall in, it's when it can be really, really overwhelming. But it's like put one wall back up at a time, get things back together, and uh, you'll be able to manage it much you, better that way. I like, I mean, I just want to like encourage anyone with this with like, you're not running out of time. Like, I, I know it seems like that, but like, I, I know for me with like the college stuff, like, 
they're like, oh, no, you're doing great. You're just six months behind and should have already have your degree by now. But yeah. it's like really just take it day by day, step by step. That's it. It's all right. It's going to be okay. And uh, last couple here, act, don't react. And so when you leave margin uh, for yourself like to process, um, it is so helpful. Just Pro- proactive over reactive. That's what you always say. That's it. I love that phrase. That's it. And uh, last one, last two, uh, be kind to yourself. Be kind to everyone. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, be kind to yourself. Um, sometimes we just get in the mindset and it kind of goes back to the attitude part. You know, you start thinking, oh, everything's bad happening to me. You know, it's, it's, it's really like life happens. It's not like you did 19 bad things that that's why this is happening. And also like sitting in your thoughts, treading it, treading on water, isn't going to make you move. Like you gotta, you gotta be able to know that the best thing for you is to move on. Yep. And that's hard. It is hard. It's not going to change the past and it's not going to change the future either. And last one. And I think this is for everybody. Talk to someone, but not everyone. Sometimes like mm, we ladder for the people in the back, we, we really like, like when think when we're, I mean, and uh, you probably all, all have met people like that, that uh, man, they just, well, I want to vent about everything bad has happened. And I'll tell you what, you need people that you can talk to like that. I'm fortunate. I have a couple people that when things go really rough, but I don't talk to everybody about it, no. you know? And so I would just say, talk to someone, but don't talk to everyone. Have, have so, your people. Yeah. So we, uh, we've made a promise in our, uh, uh, our little podcast here that we are not going to exceed 25 minutes. We're already at seven minutes left. So. We have about, yeah, seven and a half minutes left here. And, uh, and That's okay, um, though. There'll be more episodes. A couple of things that uh, we always want to make a part of it. It is uh, January 23rd, which is National Handwriting Day. All my, all my peoples that write in cursive... Let me know. Comment on our post or whatever because I need I need a community around me. I get hate for it all the time because yep. no one can read cursive anymore because, I don't know, apparently I was born in 1842 and no one else can read it, but... Yeah, well, that would happen to me when I was in 11th grade. Okay, I actually can't read your handwriting, though, so I can't. I know. I can print well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we have, like, little sound effects. I love them. Wow. Um, <laughs> 11th grade, second, uh, second nine weeks... And uh, we had essay tests, and I got my first one 15 out of 300 because mm, the teacher good. could not read my handwriting. And mean that's uh, better than 15? So, yeah, it was pretty tough. Mm. It was pretty tough. So, National Handwriting Day. So, I am into uh, printing, and I, there are some people out there that have some really great printing skills that I think that you should make it into fonts. I like Walt Disney's handwriting the best. I think his yep. little, like, his hand, his all these like squiggly lines and stuff are really cool. Yeah. And Thomas Jefferson. So my Not suggestion to you, to you, if you don't have good handwriting, at least get a good signature. Get your yeah. signature down <gasps> great. No, John Hancock. That's what I was talking about. Not Thomas Jefferson. I don't know what his handwriting looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Move on, please. Mark, write your Thomas Jefferson here. <laughs> That's really funny. Let me go. So, um, and the last thing that we'll talk about today is, uh, we want to make this a segment each time, is that things I learned from my ev- from my oven. Things I learned from my oven. Uh, we mentioned last time that we uh, got an oven that has like this little screen on it, which was not our intentions. We did not need it, but if we wanted to have hot food in 2020 or 2021, we had to get this one. You know. 
And so I quickly said that ketchup was first sold as medicine. And I just kind of like left it at that and we had to end the, end the episode. But um, uh, I wanted to let's give you just a little bit of um, information about this. It says ketchup was first sold as medicine. It claimed to court cure. Court? Court. Claimed to court? Claimed to cure ailments like diarrhea, indigestion, and jaundice. Imagine literally your baby having jaundice and they're like, mm, put some ketchup on that. What? Exactly. Put some fries with that? And so it was actually in the 1830s through the 1850s, 20 years, they sold these tomato, tomato pills. Do you think you could specialize it in like, like, like one of your chapters yeah. in the healing elements of ketchup? Maybe they were tomato pills. They better catch up on their research. Ooh. <laughs> the- <laughs> wait, wait, isn't there like a, like a. Yeah, it's uh, it's this one. <laughs> Very nice. So, uh, also, it said that France banned ketchup and the French government banned ketchup because they noticed excess consumption by teenagers. I think they should make it like a spinoff of the Breakfast Club called the Ketchup Gang. Yeah. The group of teenagers that got it banned from France. I like it. Um, oh. My last quick thing yeah. about um, unexpected things, my, my fun thing is I was looking for a binder a few nights ago and I found an old scrapbook of mine or like a little journal from when I was like six, probably six or seven. And I'll put it on the Instagram, but it says, Oh, I didn't bring it down, but it says my future spelled F U C H E R my future. And this was little handwriting and it went something like age 22, go to Vegas, um, age 38, get married Age forty one, have a kid. Age fifty five, go back to Vegas. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't even know what my obsession with Vegas was. You had one in there about go to Taco Bell oh, three go, times. So, um, Dad hates Taco Bell yeah. for unspecified reasons, and no, no very specified <laughs> reasons. <laughs> that's another. That's a yeah topic for another day. Yes, but out of spite, my only other life goal other than going to Vegas, getting married, and having a kid at forty one, which anyway, yeah, um, was go to talk about three times in a row, which I actually have no desire to do. So sometimes your future doesn't go exactly how you planned it when you were seven. Yep. And that's okay. I'm actually okay with that. Yeah. That means I have to go to Vegas in two years if I'm sticking to this plan. Yeah. But even like when I think about the, your high school career, like you were talking about, I, I remember asking you in the fall that I said, like, you know, if I had to hand you a script. Oh my gosh. No. Of your high school career. Would you believed like things that have happened that have happened? I wouldn't have believed it freshman year. All that, like so much has happened this past year with tennis and, and just a bunch of things that were really cool. So I'm very, very thankful and it was very unexpected, but very good unexpected. Yep. So, and so, um, the last one, the last little oven, um, thing that I learned, we need to come up with a good name for that. Comment good names for our oven segment. Right now, it's going to be things I learned from my oven. Mm, that's really good. Thanks. Very, very concise. <laughs> to Sorry, the point. I'm done. I promise. This is what it is. It can take seven to 21 days to make a single jelly bean. Really? Yeah. Uh, what I'm curious about on that, I wonder if it's a certain color that go faster. Like what I, I actually don't think that's how that works. That's a massive <laughs> range. I think seven days to twenty-one days sounds like this massive range of being able to. You know what? 
I bet it's the bean-boozled ones that take the longest for you to, like, ferment them in this nasty sock, whatever. Mm. I hate bean-boozled. Fun fact, I hate bean-boozled. I think it's the worst game to ever exist. Well, I don't know. I think there's maybe worse (laughs) games than that. Probably. But that's up there. It is. That's up. Like, I just, like, Yeah. Would you rather take tomato pills? I would rather eat an entire bottle of ketchup by itself. Wow. Then play being boozled. Wow. Hands down. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say also, um, I know that we are going to be working hard towards our goals that we talked about. And uh, you mentioned, like, I know I know we talked about one is going to be that we're going to try something new every week. And you had a friend that is going to make something for us. Sauerkraut soup. Mm. So I can't wait. To, it's going to be so interesting. I've never tried it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of sauerkraut. I don't think I've had sauerkraut, but. Wow. This is all about really good intentions. It is. So it is. So I'm excited. So Shout you, out to you. If you have good ideas of things that we should eat um, that would be good for us to try in 2024, we are willing to try anything. So so we just want to say thank you so much. Uh, for, for joining the podcast with us. Keep updated on our Instagram. We'll post little snippets from the episode of things that we talked about. And then um, make sure to message us or just contact us and let us know about... Um, things that you want us to talk about. So, yeah. Thank you so much for uh, joining us on episode two of our Really Good Intentions podcast. I'm Jeff. I'm Brooke. Have an amazing day.